Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, so as Ben said, we are in a series of health at the moment, looking at different um, themes, different things, different concepts that we can use and apply to help us to become healthier people. Um, and this morning, I've been given the topic of speaking on the importance of the living water and what that might mean in order for us to become healthier people. So if it's all right with you, I'm just going to hit the ground running this morning because I've got a little bit of stuff to get through. Um, so we're going to hit the ground running. We're going to go straight to some scripture um, and we're going to come to one of the passages where Jesus himself uses this phrase, living water. So if we could have John chapter 7, uh, verse 37 on. This is Jesus at the Feast of the Tabernacles. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now I kind of get the idea that if Jesus is in front of crowds of people and he's standing and shouting something, that it must be important. It must be something that he really wants us to get a hold of and to grasp. And what does he choose to say? He chooses to say that rivers of living water will flow from your heart, which sounds like such a beautiful image. But if you're anything like me, you're kind of like, well, Jesus, what does that really mean? <laughs> what does that really mean to have rivers of living water flowing from your heart? Well, handily enough, verse 39 was extremely helpful in shedding a bit of light on this. Verse 39 goes on to say, By this he meant the Spirit, ah, okay. who, th whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So when Jesus is talking about rivers of living water, he is talking about the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be spending our time thinking about and um, learning about this morning, the Holy Spirit. For some of you, that might really excite you. That might flick your switch. For others of you, thinking about the Holy Spirit might be maybe a little bit daunting or a little bit unnerving. Maybe you don't understand the Holy Spirit or have a, a, a good grasp on the Holy Spirit or maybe you think the Holy Spirit is for super spiritual people and maybe not for you. Hopefully we can change your mind on that this morning. A.W. Tozer says the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for all his people. It is God's plan for you to have a spirit-filled life, for you to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not for people who are super spiritual, who have it all together, who pray the most, who serve the most. It's for everyone who loves Jesus. Jesus' plan and God's plan is for you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if you take nothing else away today, know that it is your, it's God's plan for you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I thought I would start today maybe with 
you know, if, if you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, if you haven't heard about the Holy Spirit before, I just wanted to start with kind of four key fundamentals, four key things that we can use to hang our hat on when it comes to thinking about the Holy Spirit. Hopefully this will be a bit of a, um, a starting point for some or a refresher for others of us. But the first thing about the Holy Spirit for us to know is that he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Um, John 4, 24, I don't have this on the screen, says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third part, the third element, the third um, expression of the Trinity. We've got God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So if we don't know about the Holy Spirit, or if we don't have relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we're missing out on such a huge part of who God is. We have to know the Holy Spirit and engage with the Holy Spirit to get that whole, healthy, full view of who God truly is. So the Holy Spirit is God, but also the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. The Holy Spirit um, is a he. That's how he's described in the Bible. He has the pronouns of a person and the language is a little bit limited. It's probably more neutral than, than he, but that's what our language conveys. But the Holy Spirit is he, not it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a thing or an object or just a force. He is a person. That's how he's described. He might not have a human physical body, but he can love, he can speak, he can teach, he can grieve and be saddened, he can choose. The Holy Spirit has all of these qualities that a person has. So yes, he's God, he's also a person, he's not an it. And um, the third thing is that the Holy Spirit is described as being our helper. That is his purpose. Some translations have it as advocate. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 7, this is Jesus speaking, says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, or the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as being our helper, as our advocate. That's someone who stands up for you even when you can't stand up for yourself. That's someone who has your best interests at heart, someone who wants the best for you. That is how he's described. He's also described as comforter, but that's his role to be your helper, to be your advocate. Um, the fourth thing is that the Holy Spirit is present. He is present. He is here. He is the presence of God here on earth with each and every one of us. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit fellowships with us. And that seems like quite an, an old word. We don't use it much now on... You maybe you see it in a bit of Lord of the Rings and all of that, Fellowship of the Ring. But it's not something that we use a lot in conversation. But it means to, to walk with and journey with and be in community as you go through life. That's what fellowship is. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. He is God's presence here on earth, taking every single step with us every single day. 
So hopefully those four things are a bit of a starting point or just some foundations really for, for you when we think about the Holy Spirit today. But what I wanted to spend most of my time on is thinking about this image of the Holy Spirit as living water. Because Jesus could have used any image to talk about the Holy Spirit. He could have used no image at all. He could have just said Holy Spirit. But he uses this image of the Holy Spirit as living water. And it makes me think that if he's given this description or this image, that the stuff that we can use from that to help us to understand more about the Holy Spirit, to understand more about his nature, more about his character, more about who he is. So as I've thought about this, this picture of living water, I've picked a few things out that hopefully we can learn from uh, to understand the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Holy Spirit in a bit more uh, depth today. So the first one is that we can be refreshed by the living water. Refreshed by the living water. We all need water, right? That's like a bit of an obvious statement. Um, anyone here have got any guesses how long you could go for without a drink? Without water? Two days. Any advance on two days? Three days? A week. <laughs> on average, not, I don't know where they get this information from, but we reckon it's, it's about the, the average person, three days, that, that's the limit. Without water, three days, and you will be no more. There's, you know, some, there are some um, counts where people have gone further than that, up to eight days. So you weren't wrong, Ben, up to eight days. But obviously it, it depends how hydrated you were beforehand, how hot it is, how young and fit you are, all of that stuff. But we can't go, you know, the summary is, we can't go a very long time without water. And to be honest, I think most of us start to realise after even just a couple of hours that we're starting to get thirsty and we're starting to need water. The mouth gets a little bit dry, you get a bit of a headache and you know that you need that water. And when you need that drink, there is nothing else that will satisfy that thirst than a drink, than water, than fluid. You can't just go and lie down and get rid of your thirst. You have to have a drink. It's the only thing that will satisfy. And I think we can think of the Holy Spirit in that sense as well. We can think about the Holy Spirit as being that source of refreshing for us, that source of renewing for us. He sustains us and he refreshes us. Um, in John chapter 4, uh, verse 15, I think it was. I think I got it wrong on my notes. Sorry, Hannah. Um, it says, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Um, and Jesus here is talking about the Holy Spirit. But when he says, the water that I will give them, they will never thirst, he's not talking necessarily about the physical water. It's not that you accept Jesus, you start your relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you never ever need to drink again. That's, that's, that's not the case. Obviously, we have bodies, they need water. But I think Jesus here is talking about the spiritual thirst that we have. The thirst right at the core, deep down of who we are. Um, Maybe our thirst for love, our thirst for companionship, um, our thirst for worth and importance and significance and value, our thirst for peace, 
All of these things the Holy Spirit meets and he needs in fullness and completion so that we don't have to thirst for those things again. We can be fully satisfied when we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you're, if you're anything like me, I, am, I know we've talked about needing water, but I'm pretty awful, actually, at drinking water. Um, around our house, there's probably five or six glasses right now with just the top taken off them, uh, full of water that I've placed and forgotten. Um, especially in work, I'm really bad for drinking. I think I'll do one more thing, I'll see one more person, I'll do one more task before I go and get a drink. Um, which is bad. And I use the excuse that our staff room is up a flight of stairs. And that's, it's, it takes too much time to go and get a drink of water. But then you get to the end of the day and I've got a banging head. I'm completely parched, totally like befuzzled. And Rob's like, when was the last time you had a drink? Like, okay, it was about 10 o'clock this morning. I know I'm a bad person. Um, but that's, that's how I am with water and drinking sometimes. And I can be exactly the same in my spiritual life as a Christian, I can think, you know what, I'm just going to do one more thing, or I'm just going to achieve one more thing, I'm just going to push on, I'm going to plow on because I'm capable, I can do this in my own strength, I'm going to do this task or achieve this thing in my own strength because I can do it, God's given me gifts, I can do it, I can just keep doing it, I can keep doing it, I can keep doing it, and I can end up so thirsty and dry and parched and burnt out before I even think about asking the Holy Spirit for his refreshing and his renewing. You can end up in this cycle, it might just be me, but you can end up in this cycle of giving all you've got and then burning out and having nothing left. And then having to draw back, go to the Holy Spirit finally, okay, refresh me, let's go again. And get stuck in this burnout cycle. And, you know, that's, that's one way to do it. That's one way to live your life. I've, I've definitely done it several times. It's one way to do it. But it doesn't feel like the healthiest way to do it. It doesn't feel like the healthiest way. The best way that we can live in relationship with the Holy Spirit is to be in relationship with him on a daily basis. I think having that refreshing and that renewal on a daily basis as we leave the house every morning, as we do whatever it is that we have to do to get that refreshing on the journey. And like I said, he's fellowshipping with us. He's with us. His presence is with us. It's up to us just to tune in and just to say along the way, Holy Spirit, refresh me. Holy Spirit, renew me. So don't wait until you are worn out, weary, and spitting feathers to, to speak to the Holy Spirit. Do it on the journey. Do it today. Get that refreshing that you need. The second um, image that I've kind of pulled out of this living water is to be cleansed by the living water. Obviously, we use water for cleaning. That's one of the, the, um, the things that we use it for. We might... Um, you know, put a little bit of zaflora in there or a little bit of silic bang. But water is what we use to clean things, to clean our homes, to clean our cars, to clean ourselves. And scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit cleans us as well. Titus 3 verse 5 says he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
washes us. And I love, I've got the message translation here for you because I just love how it um, translates it in this one. It says, but when God, our kind and loving saviour, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath. And we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. He gave us a good bath. Anyone love a bath? (laughs) I love a bath. I love getting in it when it's so hot and then staying in it until it's gone like room temperature and you're shivering, needing to get out. God gave us a good bath. So why? Why do we need the Holy Spirit to wash us and to clean us? Um, And we might not like to admit it, but at times, at times we can get a little bit stinky, (laughs) right? We can, I don't necessarily mean in the physical sense, although that does happen, Um, But we can do things that maybe don't smell very good. Um, Maybe we can gossip a little bit here and there. We could uh, steal something, take something that's not ours. We could become proud and prideful. We can become jealous. All of this stuff doesn't have a very good smell to it. I'm talking about sin here. Um, And that's where we have the Holy Spirit journeying with us through life, cleaning us, washing us, renewing us of those things. And I want to be really clear that um, when Jesus died on that cross, he took all of your sin, all of your mess, all of that stink with him. He took that upon himself. And when he died and came back to life, he overcame all of that. The price is paid for all of that. Jesus has died for all of your stink, all of your sin that has been and all of it that will come. So that when God sees you, he doesn't see the mess and the sin, but he sees Jesus. He sees you fully redeemed as Jesus, complete in him, not a blemish on you. He sees you as perfection because he sees Jesus in you. That was a a one-time deal, right? One and done. Jesus died. That is done. Your your debts have been paid. Your sins have been paid. Your stink has been paid. So you and God, as a wise man once said, you and God are good. Okay? You and God are good. What I'm talking about today is the the effects. So even though God doesn't see our sin, it can still affect us. It can still damage us and cause us pain and the people around us pain it still it holds us back from all that God has for us so it's important to to do our part to try and avoid it to try and get sin out of our life where we can where we're struggling with with things to seek help and to to grow in those areas it's important for us to work with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit offers us that cleansing and that renewing. He offers us that washing from the inside out. As we're in relationship with him, he can help us to take steps to move forward um, out of those struggles and out of those cycles of sin that we get stuck in. And the goal of that isn't to become perfect, isn't to become, you know, yeah, perfect, because that's that's. Firstly, unachievable, but also that's how God sees you anyway, so that's not the goal here. 
The goal is just to not be held back, not to be restricted, but to throw off that sin, that stink, which can stop you from running in your race and achieving all that God has you to achieve and sharing Jesus with other people as well. When we get a bit stinky, other people see that. So when we talk about Jesus, they they can match that up as well. So that's why it's important that we need to be cleansed by the living water so we can be set apart and live in a life of fullness for him. So the Holy Spirit can refresh us, can cleanse us. Um, And the third one I wanted to mention was that the Holy Spirit um, moves us. The Holy Spirit moves us. Does anyone here like, um, like a water park? A water park. I love a water park. Fortunately, I married a man who also loves water parks. So whenever we go on holiday, this is like top of, not, not quite top of the list. Where are we going? It needs to be good weather. We need to have good food. Those two things are absolutely essential. The third thing is, where is the water park? Is it a decent one? Um, if there's not a water park, where's the beach? What kind of activities, sports, things can we do? Where's the pool? Because it's such a huge part of what we enjoy doing. And I don't know if any of you have been, but the best water park that I've been to so far was Siam Park in Tenerife. Don't know if any of you have been. That's okay. Let me tell you all about it. Um, it was about 10 years ago, and it was brand new at the time, so maybe it was just that. But they had a huge wave pool. It was absolutely massive and all it did was one wave every five minutes but everyone would like gather and huddle in anticipation of this wave coming and the sirens would start and you'd hear like the grumbling of the wave machine and it was coming and everyone was like oh, the wave's coming and it was just one wave it was massive though when it hit you like we started off me and Rob stood next to each other and then it was like and you were upside down, spun round, and it took a good while to come back to, to find which way was up and look round, and to find that Rob was like 10, more than that, about 20 metres over in the distance. Um, And that was it, one wave, but people came back and waited again and again for it because it was such an experience, um, which I really enjoyed. But my favourite part of any water park, sounds a bit lame, but it has to be, for me, the lazy river. That is my part. There's nothing that says you're on holiday, you're resting, you're relaxing more than being on a lazy river and just going round and round and round for hours on end. This is a little insight into what I do on holiday. It's my happy place is a lazy river. Um, My blood pressure is just lowering just thinking about it now. Um, But that's what I enjoy doing. And I love that water can be both of those things. Water can be high impact, high energy, and water can be restful, peaceful, renewing. And that's who the Holy Spirit can be for us as well. The Holy Spirit can prompt us and stir us into times of action, times of let's go, let's push on, this is important. Give everything you've got, let's go. But the Holy Spirit can also draw us back and bring us into times of rest and peace. Psalm 23, 1 to 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Sounds good, doesn't it? 
But a couple of chapters later, in Psalm 42, verse 7, it says, Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. That speaks of movement and energy and impact. So when we're in relationship with the Holy Spirit, he guides us into both of these seasons, sometimes moments of both of these within the same day. All we have to do is we have to walk with the Holy Spirit. We have to keep in pace with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. We just have to work on keeping in step with the Spirit, of tuning into the Holy Spirit, of asking him, you know, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? He will keep you at pace. He will keep you exactly where you are supposed to be, exactly where you need to be when you need to be there. And if you're anything like me, you might think, do I really need the Holy Spirit to tell me when to rest? Do I really need the Holy Spirit to tell me when to go? Um, but experience tells me that yes, 100%, I absolutely do. Because even though I know I need to rest at times, it can be, make you feel so guilty for stopping when there's work to be done. Um, our culture you know, says that productivity is so important. That's the crucial thing. So we can feel guilty and bad for stopping and resting. Um, and on the flip side of that, once you have stopped and rested, if you're anything like me, you will really struggle to get going again. You know, when there's a time to go and a time to act and a time to move, I can be a bit slow sometimes because I like being comfortable. So as much as I would like to think that I can judge the pace of my life in a healthy way, experience tells me that that's not the case. And that is why I need the Holy Spirit to do that and why we need the Holy Spirit to set the pace of our lives. So all of these things, being moved by the Holy Spirit, being refreshed and cleansed, these things are all about daily relationship with him. It's not a one-time deal that he moves you once and then never again, or he refreshes you once and never again. It is a continual process, a continual relationship. And the healthiest thing that I think you can do is to be in a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he will point out where you're going wrong. He will show you truth. He will give you his fruit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kind. I always do this to myself when I'm preaching. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that you need. He will give you all of that. Being in relationship with him is such a healthy thing to do. Um, and I'm aware of time. So just the, the last thing that I wanted to, to speak about, the last uh, image that I wanted to leave you with, um, I've called it the well within. The well within. We're going to read now from uh, John chapter 4, verse 4 to, 4 to 15. And I actually used this scripture a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about um, reading the Bible and the focus on truth and worshipping God in spirit and in truth. So I kind of feel like this has brought me full circle. I've done the truth part, now we're doing the spirit part. Um, but let's read this scripture together. Well, no, I will read it to you, but you can read along on the screen. You can speak it out loud if you'd like. I won't stop you. Now he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the, ground, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, 
And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asks you for a drink, you would not have asked him, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, have you, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spirit, will come in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. This woman likes the sound of living water because it means she doesn't have to keep going back to the well to stock up on her water. Every time she needs a drink, she has to go to the well. Every time she needs to wash something, she has to visit the well to get her water. We don't have to visit a well to get our water, to get our living water. We don't have to um, go to a certain place at a certain time to experience the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus said in that scripture, he said, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. You don't have to go to a well for the Holy Spirit because you are a well of the Holy Spirit. He is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. If you've accepted Jesus, if you're on this journey, then you, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. You don't have to come on a Sunday and you know stock up with all of your containers ready for a week of drought because the Holy Spirit's not going to speak to you. That's not the case. The Holy Spirit is in you. Yes, you should come on a Sunday and be encouraged, but it's not that you're in a drought of the Holy Spirit the rest of the week. He is in you. He is springing up within you. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit that each of us has. We are a well. That being said, though, I just wanted to share with you Genesis chapter 26, verse 17 to 18. Um, and this is the story um, of, of Isaac taking on God's people, of leading them. And it says, so Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Once Abraham had died, the Philistines, the enemy, used this as an opportunity to attack and they chose to cover up the wells as a form of attack. They thought if we cut off the water supply, God's people will die. That's what will happen, they'll die. 
And when Isaac takes on that mantle, he goes through that process of then reopening and redigging up those wells so that his people, God's people, can have that water that they need to flourish and thrive. And I really felt impressed today that there might there'll be some people here who need to hear this morning that it is time to reopen those wells. There are things that we can do, there are things that we can allow that can cover over that well of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It might be the words of the enemy, it might be lies and things that have been told you, seeds of doubt that have been sown to you, that make you doubt who you are or doubt who God is. It might be some of that stuff, the the stinky stuff we talked about earlier, the the sin, the, the pride, the jealousy, the different things that we ourselves do, thinking that we don't need the Holy Spirit or thinking that we're not good enough for the Holy Spirit. Those things can be that cover of the well in our lives. And this morning, if I can um, encourage you with anything or give you a word, it's to reopen the well of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's never gone. He's never left you. He's always been there. But sometimes we need to go on that journey and we need to do this regularly, actually, to look at what might be covering that well, what might be getting in the way, and journeying with the Holy Spirit in removing those things, in digging it up, in reopening the wells. Why? So that the Holy Spirit can be overflowing within you. So you can be refreshed, you can be renewed, you can be cleansed, you can be moved, you can have that rest when you need to have that rest. So this morning, dig up that well. I've spoken for definitely long enough now. So if you would like to stand, I wanted to finish things a little bit differently this morning. Obviously, we've, we've talked, well, I've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit today. And I really wanted to just give a little bit of space, a little bit of time before we press on. Um, we are going to sing together in a bit, but I just wanted to give a bit of space for you and the Holy Spirit. I wanted to give a little bit of time for you to connect, to meet with, to speak to, and to hear from the Holy Spirit this morning. If nothing else, maybe just reflect on that image of the Holy Spirit as living water. Reflect on that image of the Holy Spirit being a well within you. But I wanted to gift you with that time and space today just to focus on Him, just to receive, to be refreshed, to be ministered to. So just over the next couple of minutes, the band are going to play and then we'll sing together. But just take this time to receive. Forget about the distractions, forget about the dinner, forget about whatever you've got to do from here or picking the kids up, whatever it is. Just use this time, these moments to receive. Receive from the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. You are with us. Holy Spirit, would you refresh? Holy Spirit, would you renew? Holy Spirit, would you speak? Holy Spirit, would you speak?